This is episode 65 of Parenting with the Focused Mindset. Today, you get to listen in on a conversation that I had with the host of the Data Podcast, Brian Ward. You're going to hear about how he gives back to fathers now that his kids are raised and a little bit about his parenting journey. It's going to be great, but first, thank you for listening. I know you have lots of choices of podcasts, and you are right here right now at this exact moment when you should be. Don't forget to hit subscribe or download so you don't miss any of the future family-oriented, solution-focused content that I put out for you each and every week. And as usual, check the show notes. That's just right below the show. I'm going to put all of the helpful links right there that you can find that will lead you to find Brian Ward, to be able to uh, get any of the products and services that we offer to join the Focused Mindset community. It's all right there for you. And you can always jump over to my website, thefocusedmindset.com for more information. You've been upgraded to Parenting 2.0. New expectations requires a new mindset. The Focused Mindset. I'm Cher Kretz. I'm a school counselor and a family mindset coach. Raising kids is an amazing journey and things don't always turn out as planned. Still, you get to share your life with an adult in training. This podcast will help you meet every new challenge with confidence and be the best version of yourself in your home and with the people you love. Hello, welcome to the podcast. Today we have a special guest, Brian Ward. He is the host of the Dad Up podcast. And I feel so happy and privileged that you're able to join us today. Thank you so much, Brian. Well, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. I'm, I was excited when you reached out and, uh, you know, it's not a lot of, I don't get a lot of opportunity to be on other shows, but uh, when I am on other shows, I, I, I cherish it. So thank you very much for having me. Well, it's funny because when I reached out to you, I saw your podcast for one reason or another, the way podcasters sometimes do, and I had no idea that you're right here in the same state as I am. So that's right. amazing. <laughs> I was like, wow, I don't have to worry about the time zone, nothing. Right. So yay. Right. Yeah, that does make it easier, huh? Yeah, we're looking at a beautiful, warm Southern California yeah, very day. Warm. Yep. <laughs> very warm. <laughs> and uh, and here we are this afternoon just to kind of talk about fatherhood. As you already know, I'm highlighting the journey of fatherhood this entire month of June. And um, and part of the reason for doing that is because I do see a gap. Many times as a counselor, I sit down with families and you see that the father will sit back and say almost nothing and the mother is saying everything and the father doesn't feel empowered. And I see that that's changing slowly. And I think that you are making a difference in that arena through your podcast. But before we get into that, tell me a little bit about your family. Okay, great. Um, yeah, uh, I do want to kind of touch on what you just said there because uh, it is important. But, you know, I, I just saw this. We can get into it. But I just saw this, you know, fathers have this stigma of just kind of being the babysitter. And um, I saw that there was a need there to kind of help dads be the best they could be. So, uh, but we can get into all that a little bit about my family. Um, I am uh, a proud dad to two grown, now grown men, uh, 22 and 19. Uh, Blake is my 22 year old 
Brett is my 19-year-old. Um, my wife and I have been married uh, for be 24 years this June. So actually, nice. well, I said this June. We're in June. Yep, um, it is this so, month, buddy. <laughs> yeah, we're we're a few weeks away. The good news is, is uh, we'll be in Hawaii on our anniversary. So, nice. Um, so that'll be good. Um, but uh, yeah, so we've been married for 24 years. And um, gosh, I mean, we got a pet dog. And I mean, it's just normal family life. So you saw a need. Talk to us about that. Yeah, um, it's it's crazy. I um, I was so involved with my boys as they grew up um, through the things that they did as far as the sports that they played. Um, I was super involved at their schools, um, those kind of things. I was just an, I, I was just always there. I was always present. And uh, I, I got to a point where I realized my older sons at the time when I started the podcast, my older son was off in college and my younger son was about to graduate high school and he was going to be going off to college. And so I knew my wife and I were going to be empty nesters. I was looking forward to that. But at the same time, I felt like my father role's ending. You know, I, even though I'm still their dad, and I'm still going to be involved. My father role of bringing them up as men Raising has, them. Ended, has, right. has ended because um, they're both, you know, they could both are functioning adults now. And uh, it was really uh, eerie how awkward it was hitting. It was just really weird how it was hitting me. Um, mm. And as excited as I was to be an empty nester and enjoy that time with my wife, I felt like there was something missing. There was going to be something missing. And so it's interesting. I was having a conversation with my brother-in-law and I was telling him about it, how the things I was kind of feeling and thinking. And he's like, you know, you should start a podcast on Dad for Dads. And I'm like, really? And he's like, yeah. He goes, just interview dads. And I mean, if there's anything you know how to do, it's being a dad. So you could, you could interview dads and, and maybe there's a dad out there that's listening that, that needs some help in some areas or something or needs some advice and listening to your podcast where you just interview other dads. And I thought that's interesting. So I started thinking about it, started doing some kind of research on it. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of dad podcasts out there, but, um, I just really wanted to be able to interview guys that were, or that are very successful in what they do because dads carry a lot of weight on their shoulder of trying to provide for the family. They feel that that's their job. Um, so they think that being absent is okay because they're, providing for their family. Uh, but I wanted to be able to interview guys that have been very successful as fathers, but at the same time, been successful as fathers as well. Yes. Um, so that's kind of my, uh, you know, the kind of the market that I was kind of trying to hit to give other dads out there that they're really just grinding on the, on the work end, whether being an entrepreneur or whatever it is that they're doing, um, but just haven't been checked in as a dad because they think that they have to they have to bring home the money for the family. Yeah. Um, so that was really the point of it. Um, and it's just kind of where it's gone from there has been, been pretty cool. That's neat. I mean, when you think about the pressures that are on a father's shoulders, um, there has been, there is a lot of talk about the pressure of having a career, the pressure of bringing home the bacon. Mm -hmm. um, but you're combining the fact that well, you know, there's also a pressure of what kind of parent am I being and the time mm -hmm. when you're away from your child, the guilt that sets in and these different types of things that people don't talk a lot about. Are those some of the to uh, the topics that you guys tackle? 
Yeah. And it's interesting because, you know, some of the dads that I interview that have young, young children, uh, I tell them that, you know, these are the precious times because when your kids are teenagers and maybe you are, maybe you're so financially set that you can retire by the time they're teenagers, but guess what? They're teenagers. They don't want to hang out with mom and dad anymore. They want to go hang out with, they want to be independent. They want to go hang out with their friends. So you've missed all these important years. Um, and so I really try to drive that home and, and I speak to, I speak to legacy. You know, these guys are so in, in, in just entranced in building, building their legacy of their business. And I say, you know what? Legacy starts within the home, not out the, not out of the home. Yeah. So you need to start that building that legacy within the home and work your way out. Um, it's so important because, you know, I know when my two boys got to be the teenagers, the last thing they wanted to do was hang out with me. And I found I found a different avenue through coaching yeah. um, because I've coached them since they were four years old. So because I was a coach, uh, I was the coach on their teens. Um, I was always there. So yeah. they, they couldn't get around it. <laughs> now, I, I, you're a basketball coach, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've taught all, I've coached all different sports, um, but for the last, say, eight years or so, I've been uh, mainly a basketball coach. For the last four years, I've been only a basketball coach. So, okay. Yeah, and I coach at the high school level, and uh, neither one of my boys are in high school anymore, um, but I still coach there because I love it. Yes, yeah. Well, now I, it's just in your blood. Yeah, well, you know, and honestly, I see a need there, too, because there's there I, I, I come across players that don't have a father figure in the house or don't have a father that's present. Yes. And if I can just be that role model for them um, through my coaching, uh, then I've done my job. And I've actually had players that have graduated high school that have come back and reach out to me. Uh, I mean, just last, last shoot, right before the pandemic, right before the tenth pandemic hit, I had, a, I had one of my former players reach out to me and said, you know, I'm really struggling on the direction of my life. I was wondering if I could just sit down with you. And we sat down and, and at a restaurant had a meal together, and I talked about him, talked to him about his goals, and kind of got a plan in place for him. What um, an honor, so, right? Yeah, I, I was I was touched, couldn't believe it. Um, but yeah. I, I mean, it's just so cool. And now you know, you walk through the store or something, and they see me. You know, hey, coach. You know, and so yeah. it's you know, it's that's that's a great part of it. And there is a need. Uh, uh, there's a huge need out there with our youth today. Um, because, and sometimes they have, like you just mentioned, well-meaning fathers that very much believe that the work that they're doing is um, being seen by their child, but their mm -hmm. child sometimes only sees that they're not at their basketball game, mm -hmm. you know? And for you to be there in that moment to be that pseudo-parent is, is so important. The, a coach role is extremely important. I know even in my husband's life, he talks about his football coach to this day. Mm -hmm. You know, it makes yep. a huge difference in yep. a young person's life. And, so. it's, and it's interesting. I, I, you brought up, uh, you know, seeing our kids play a sport or our kids seeing us in the stands. And, and that's really all that we see, right? When we're parents watching our kids play a sport, we really don't, as as much as we say we would, we really don't care about all the other kids. We just care about ours. We want yeah. to watch ours. Yeah. But, and the same thing for our kids, when they're out on the field or out on the court and they're playing and they look up in the stands, they're not looking at, you know, Billy's parents, they're looking for you. And so I, you know, when, when I see players that I've coached that have parents that just don't come to their game, I get it. We all have jobs we all have to work, 
you know, that, that you may have that conflict. Um, but it just wasn't an option for me. I wasn't going to take a job that wasn't going to allow me to be there for my kids. Yeah. Um, so it just wasn't, it, it was a non-negotiable for me. Uh, and you know it worked out but um you know, you know when it's parents that you're really what you're speaking to is really bringing back a lot of memories to me because i how many times have we heard people say they never came to any of my games mm-hmm. even not only with people i've worked with in counseling and coaching but in you know interviews you hear it all and you're like yeah. wow that makes an impact on their life showing yeah. up just showing up alone just sitting yeah. there you know mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Well, um, let's rewind a little bit. I want to okay. ask you a question that I've asked many other fathers now, and I cannot wait to get your answer, is what was it like when you became a father for the very first time? Walk us through that day. Oh, my goodness. Um, I was scared. Uh, it was kind of a uh, – it was – well, let me, let me just – I'll just – be real with you. Um, that day was actually pretty scary for us. Um, really? My um, son, my wife had preeclampsia. Oh my goodness. And um, this was 22 years ago. So um, it's a long time ago, but uh, yeah, she, she, she had preeclampsia. She ended up having to go in um, and they, the doctor said, yeah, we have to, we have to get him out. Um, and he was six and a half weeks premature. Wow. So <clears throat> we were scared because he was so early, but they thought, well, six and a half weeks, he'll be fine. But because she's a type one diabetic as well, mm-hmm. um, it put a, you know, an extra, you know, I guess hurdle on us, um, for her health. But, uh, so he was six and a half weeks premature and his lungs were underdeveloped. Wow. So he had one collapsed lung. Um, ended up having to go into NICU, uh, and he was in there for two and a half weeks. And at one point he was even on an oscillator, which is a ventilator for, for babies. Uh, we could only visit him there. So my wife essentially lived there. Um, as soon as the ICU opened in the morning, she was right there at the door waiting and she could go in and and that way she could hold him and, and, you know, be there for him. Uh, I would, I would go to work and then get off work and I'd go straight up to the hospital and we'd spend our time there every single night. We did that every single night oh my uh, until he could come home. He ga- he came home, uh, two and a half weeks later. Um, fine. And, uh, to this day he's, I mean, he's thriving, thriving young man. Um, wow. so for us, it was scary. Yeah. We were excited, but you know, when you're having to go to the hospital every single day and you're not sure of the health of your baby, um, when it's first born now, uh, it, it's, it's hard. It's emotionally hard and it's emotionally draining. And, um, it, it, this doesn't happen to everybody. You know, that what we went through doesn't happen to everybody. So I don't want to scare your listeners or anything, but, um, you know, things can happen and, um, thank God for, you know, uh, God's blessing. He, he took care of us. Um, and obviously gave the, gave the wisdom to the doctors to get, to get what they needed to get done. Uh, he was fine. So, um, so do you yeah. Remember, do you remember a time when you finally were all home and you guys could just breathe? Do you remember? Oh my goodness. Like moment? I remember, I remember when we left the hospital oh, yeah. uh, and how excited we were. Now we still had the kind of the, you know, we 
were still worried, you know, because we weren't sure his, you know, he had to go for checkups and stuff because yeah, he was so, so little. Yes. He was so little. But um, I mean, I could hold him from my, you know, from my edge of my hand, like my wrist oh my to my, goodness. to my um, elbow. That's oh, how big wow. he was. And so when we, when we put him in the car seat at the hospital, we were so excited. It was just, you can't explain, and I've said this on my podcast, you can't explain what it's like to be a dad to someone who's not a dad. You just can't explain the feeling. It's like they don't, they don't know what you're talking about. And the day you become a dad, you have no idea that the feeling of, you know, happiness, uh, joyfulness, um, the, the level of responsibility you have now for another human being. It's just an, it's an emotional experience and, um, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Yeah. So for you, it was that moment of the car seat where you were actually leaving was a very, uh, it was an important moment. That was almost like your moment of, wow, this Mm -hmm. is happening right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we had, we, we had families and, you know, family and friends that could come up to the hospital and they could peer through the window, you know, sure. like we could bring, we could bring Blake up to the window so they could yeah. see him, but only, only us were, you know, we were the only ones allowed in and, um, it was, uh, yeah, it was pretty, pretty trying time. Now my younger son, that's a whole nother set well, of really? circumstances. Well, let's get into that. How did that go then? <laughs> How did he roll so, into the world? <laughs> So my younger son was two and a half weeks early, okay. um, but he was 10 pounds. Oh, Lordy. So he was, <laughs> he was a big boy. Um, now, when, when they took my wife into the recovery room, um, I was standing there, the baby, you know, Brett was over in his little cradle thing, and uh, I was standing there talking to her, and my wife says, I don't, I'm not feeling good. Oh, and I was no. like, oh, what's wrong? And so she calls the nurse over and the nurse like shooed me out of the room. Like oh, they no. literally pushed me out of the room. You're like, hello. I'm like, what in the world's going on? And then all of a sudden, like three or four doctors go running into the room. And I'm like, I have no idea what's going on right now. I'm standing out in the hallway. And um, the next thing I know, one of the nurses came out to talk to me. Um, telling me everything's going to be fine. They have to take her to ICU. I'm like, what? And I remember seeing her, the, the bed she was on being wheeled out and her um, doctor was straddling her what? on on the bed and he's hooking things up to her. And I'm like, what in the world is in the world's going on? So, um, the nurse said, you know, I'm going to take you back to the, uh, her regular room um, and uh, just wait there for the doctor to come get you. So here I am in the regular room. Now I've got my mother-in-law. I've got a couple of family members in there. And I'm like, what in the world is going on? Like I was in the dark. I had no clue. And so we're freaking out. The doctor came in. He said, um, Brian, I just got to talk to you real fast. just want you to know she's fine. We had to put her in a medically induced coma. She lost, she lost, and she had a hemorrhage is what she ended up having. Wow. She ended up losing enough blood for two people. Wow. Um, and so that's why they had to put her in the, in the coma. Um, and he told me that, you know, she was within seconds of being gone. Wow. So she just said, I'm not feeling well 
thank God. And then everything happened that yeah. quickly. Wow. Yeah. So she was in ICU. Now keep in mind, I still have Brett yeah. at the hospital yeah. with me. Yeah, your so 10 now pound he's, monster there. No. So he's in the room with me and she's yeah. in ICU. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I had, uh, so we had that experience with her. She was in ICU for um, a week and then right. they moved her to a regular room where she stayed for a couple of days and then she was fine. But she had, she had all kinds of different specialists checking on everything from nerves to um, brain damage to um, kidney damage to uh, she was on uh, dialysis for a few days. Uh, it was a whole, whole ordeal. But wow, um, she recovered. It was amazing. That is quite a story. So the first one you didn't get to go home. And the second one, she didn't get to go home. Or the baby didn't right. get to go home. Now then she didn't get to go home. Yeah, so the, the, with Brett, my, with my second son, um, because she was in ICU and I wanted to be with her, Yeah. I asked the hospital, they're like, you know, we can only keep Brett for, I think it was two days or three days. Yeah, that's what I was just going to ask you. <clears throat> yeah, so they're like, we can only keep him for this long. And I said, okay, that's fine. I'll figure something out. Well, then by that th third day, she wasn't getting any better. And so like, it wasn't looking good. Um, and so I told, I had to talk to the, uh, I guess the head, the head people at the hospital and just said, you know, my insurance is going to cover this. I have somebody that can take care of my son, but I really don't want him to leave right now. Yeah. Um, can you guys just hold on to him and I'll be here at the hospital with them, but that way I can stay with my wife. And they actually agreed to it. Wow. So they kept him there for another five days. Wow. It was about five days or so. They kept him there until I had to finally bring him home. But I have to tell you, when I took him home, you know, it's usually the mom that's in the wheelchair being pushed out to the car, right, holding the baby. It was me in the wheelchair being pushed out to the car Whoa. with Brett because she was still she was still in the ICU. So. Wow. What yeah. an experience. Yeah, it's pretty. So you really have, you really entered um, fatherhood with a bang on both yeah, occasions. Both times. <laughs> My goodness. Well, like Sick. you said, I mean, thanks be to God that everything ended up, yeah. uh, that you're able to sit here today and talk to me about your adult thriving sons, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's. Uh, and yeah. your wife and your, and your uh, healthy wife, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's wonderful. Exactly. So, so through the years, have you guys all lived here in Southern California the whole time? Yeah. Yeah. So we've been in Southern California the whole time. Um, so my younger son has been in the house. I mean, we're in the same house that he's been in since, since he was born. So, oh, wow. Um, yeah. So, um, but now that they're kind of off on their own, my younger son is plays basketball at college. He got a, he got a basketball scholarship. So nice. he's going to be going off in the fall. Um, and my older son's going to be moving out. He wants to move out by July to back to Arizona. So, um, we're really talking about maybe it's time to make a shift. Yeah. What's our next plan, right? Right. right. What's our next place? But hopefully, um, continuing with this work of health, helping fathers, because I agree with you, I can speak on behalf of what I notice, but I can't speak into the life of a father, not being a father, you know, right. and for you to be able to say, look, you know. I've been through that journey. Um, some, some, some things I'm proud of, some things I'm not, but now it's time for me to speak out to these right. fathers, interview these fathers. I know that I have a similar mission being that my two of my girls are older and one is still going through it. And I realized that through my time working as a school counselor, 
that um, that I'm really actually very passionate about working with parents and helping them in their journey because that's mm-hmm. really where it all that's where it all lands. Like we talked right. about with the parents sitting in the stands, it's the small little things that make a world of difference in Huge. our parenting journey, right? And so, um, so what would you say? right now to to parents listening that that resonated with that we've been talking about how just being there makes a difference what have you noticed well what i've noticed is that i mean just in my time in being a dad um, the bond that you create with your kids is going to come from the time that you're present in their lives meaning the things that you're doing with them in their lives um that's the only way to grow that bond. If you're not, if you're not uh, present, that bond can't stick. You, you can't get it. You know, like bond, we think of glue, right? Bonding together, right? So if you're not present in your kids' lives, I would say to parents, you need to make that shift now because you don't want to get to a point where, I'll tell you what I don't want to do. I don't want to get to a point where I'm uh, about to go see my heavenly father and have regrets. Mm-hmm. That's what I don't want to happen. So I'm going to do everything in my power to be the dad and the husband I need to be so that I don't have regrets. So to build that bond, you really have to start engaging with your kids. And it could be as simple as, you know, if your work schedule is tight and you can't, you know, make the sporting events or whatever the activities that they're all involved in, it can start off with something simple like an a weekly family dinner or something where you're just sitting around and talking with the cell phones away, you know, that kind of thing. Um, it's so important. And you just don't, I would hate to see parents, I hate to see parents that regret not being more involved. Yes. Yeah. Because it, it flies by the time mm-hmm. when they say, Oh, wow, you just turn around and they're so much older. Um, that is very, very true. And but the way that you can make time slow down is by treasuring those moments, yeah. you know, remembering them and talking about them later. I speak a lot about sharing stories and how we should remember stories about our kids and then retell them because mm-hmm. then they also remember those amazing memories that we have together, you know, whether it be of a, a just a silly time at a park or a vacation, you know, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Or even traditions. Or traditions, right, that we can say, remember this, because it's like, how can we cement those moments into our brain if we're not, number one, there and present, and then, two, cultivate them through talking about it and and remembering. Yeah. Right. You know, it's it's interesting that you bring that up because it's one of the things that my boys talk about now with, you know, I was so active in coaching all of their sports, you know, the teams that they played on. Um, that's that's a huge desire for them as wow. fathers. Okay. So it was something that my dad never did for me. My parents were the parents that didn't show up to anything. Mm-hmm. I played several different sports, and I can count on one hand how many events that they came to. Okay. My dad even made my dad even made me leave. It's funny I remember this. My dad even made me leave a wrestling tournament halfway through the tournament. I had two matches to do, and I did one. And then I was waiting. It was a couple hours before the second one. He made me leave because he didn't want to wait around. He didn't want to sit and wait. Oh, my goodness. So those kind of things. Um, so my boys now are like when they grow, you know, when they have kids, hopefully it's a few years down the road. But when they have kids, um, they have talked about coaching yeah. and being involved that way. So I've already changed the tra- trajectory of my family history 
yes. just in my involvement with my sons. Yeah. And that was part of your values was I am going to make sure that I'm present, it sounds like. Yes, because the way I was raised, now my parents, you know, loving parents, they were, you know, if I needed to talk to them, I could talk to them about anything. Um, they just, you know, they had jobs and they worked long hours and yeah. they just weren't super, super active in the things I was doing outside of the home. Um, but so it made me want to, you know, because of that experience, I didn't want that for my boys. Right. And when you think about um, the overall experience at the end of it all, when they're able to then you can see a glimpse in them that they have that same value that you was hope you, you were hoping, sometimes that's not the case. I mean, that happens with you right now, but I sometimes find parents that are holding on to a lot of guilt, holding on to a lot of feelings that they just need to let go of and then say, what can I do today? You know, um, what have you found in your journey of parenting that has helped you along the way? Because I know that you're like me. It's, it's an up and down journey. You know, there's nothing goes perfectly straight. Nothing's that's not a straight line to the finish line. Um, mm -hmm. Can you tell us about some times when uh, when you've struggled and then moved ahead and then you've seen that you've grown through that? Um, as a father that, that might help some of our parents that are listening. Well, I think it's important that, you know, we're not, we're, we're to raise our children to be the best that they can be. Um, but it's important to have an open dialogue, have open dialogue with your kids, right? Um, talk to your kids constantly, um, asking your kids, what can I do better as a father? What That's can I do better one. as a mother? Ask your kids, now, you don't have to. Now, obviously, they're going to say things like, you know, well, you should, as a dad, you should be letting me have ice cream every single morning. Yeah, for my breakfast. allowance you know, that needs kind of, to be much yeah, more. Yeah, my allowance yeah. needs to be $100 a day. You know, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Obviously, those those things are, are the silly things. But yeah. uh, be, be sincere with them and sit them down at eye level and say, hey, what can I do better as a father? Yeah. And listen to them. Listen to them. That Hear takes them. an ego. That kind of takes, uh, you have to kind of take let your ego take the back seat mm -hmm. in order to allow your child to have a voice and therefore that makes a difference yes right? yeah, yeah absolutely um, listening is super important and sometimes you don't even have to listen sometimes if you watch them um, watching our kids is is crucial too you just watch their body language watch their mood changes you, you can you can pick up on a lot of things just in watching who they are yeah. and who they're becoming. Um, so yeah, that's, it's I think important. those are perfect tips because that's what I find is, you know, we're talking to a lot of parents right now that, um, that, are, that are far from the end of their journey. And I've, I spoke to a parent the other day and they were so concerned about their choice of schools. Um, right. It was, you know, that with the pandemic, it's, it was earlier in the pandemic, what am I going to do? Am I going to do private? Am I going to do plug public? Am I going to be, be at home? This and that, the other. And, and I just wanted to stop and say, you know, you're going to go with your heart. And at the end mm -hmm. of it all, it's you that makes a difference in their life, mm -hmm. you being mm -hmm. present. And if you make a choice and you feel like it wasn't the wrong choice, then you change that, mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, I, I, I like to kind of let parents know that loosen up on the those like little uh, and think about just being present in the mm -hmm. moment 
Yeah. That's interesting that you bring that up because I kind of had a similar experience with my older son. Um, he was going, he, there was a high school, a private high school that he was going to go to. He was super fired up about going. And his first month there, he's a very social, outgoing kid. His first month there, he struggled to make um, friends and to make connections. And it got to the point where he was starting to be bullied mm-hmm. in school. And it took me and my wife having to go to the school a couple times and talk to the counselor and uh, make a long story short. They wanted to isolate my son instead of isolating the other kids. They wanted to isolate my son and put him into some programs. And and I I immediately, when they told me they were going to do that, I said, you're out of your mind. I want my son pulled out of his class right now. It was literally the middle of the day. It was like 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock in the middle of the day. I want my son pulled out of class right now and brought to the to the office. I'm taking him out of the school right now. And they're like, okay, well, when will he be back? And I go, he's not coming back. <laughs> and so I got in my car. I hadn't even talked to my wife yet. I got in my car, drove to the school, called my wife on the way. And she goes, Brian, we don't have another school for him to go to right now. <laughs> and I go, we'll figure it out. That's if he's great. out of school for a week until we figure it out, we'll figure it out. <laughs> and the crazy thing is, I will never forget this day, but when I pulled up to the school, he was standing out on the sidewalk waiting for me. Wow. And he got in the car and he said, uh, what's going on? And I said, do me a favor, say goodbye to that school because you're never going back. I just withdrew you. And he goes, oh my God, I love you, dad. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. That was bold, but it was necessary. And you had to go with your gut. Yeah, you know, so, and that's, oh, that's such a great story because yeah, yeah, so we, you made a decision based on all of the knowledge that you had and you thought it was going to be good. And then the time came right. where that happened and you're like, Mm-mm. yeah, so he missed, I mean, so it was that month of his freshman year that was kind of a waste. Um, within less than a week, I already had him in another school, which is the school that he graduated from. And he thrived. He, yeah. I mean, he played basketball all four years. He was the prom homecoming king. I mean, I'm a prom king. He just thrived. We found the right fit. And uh, it was through, again, through God's grace and a lot of prayer and searching and not being overly stressed about it. You just have to uh, you have to do the best that's for your kids. And and sometimes that that involves making decisions that may not seem like the right decision at the moment. But through prayer and through uh, diligence as a parent, um, you'll work through it. Well, good job, Dad. That was that was a bold move, and you don't have any idea as a school counselor how many times I've sat on the sideline with the uh, with the rigmarole that happens in schools where you kind of have a, a dynamics, we'll say. Mm-hmm. And I've been wanting to say, parent, just stand up and do something, you know. And right. and that's what you did. And bravo to you. That is thank you. That's a story that is actually very courageous. Mm-hmm. And. Um, I also wanted to kind of dive into what you've learned doing your podcast because it's very unique. You say there's a lot of uh, father podcasts are, and there are. There's a lot of parenting ones as well. But I know that through my journey of interviewing people that are in my field of solution-focused or interviewing other coaches that I glean so much from that. And as you've reached out and you've interviewed all these different types of fathers, have you seen a common thread of things that you always see that comes up as a need or a desire in in the fathers that you've interviewed? You know, two of the common threads is something that we've already um, kind of touched on. It's just 
um, being present because I have um, talked to dads that, you know, and, and a lot of the dads that I talk to, they, you know, some of them have been celebrities, pro athletes, um, big, big entrepreneur guys that own big companies. Um, so they're very, very involved in their career. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've also been involved as dads. And, and one of the things that has been brought up is making time in their schedule for their kids. So we talk about scheduling everything else in our lives. We, and I've talked about this several times on my podcast and, and on other podcasts, but we talk so much about scheduling our days as far as when we go to the gym, when we meet our you know, tax time, when we meet our CPA, when we have doctor's appointments, we have those on our schedule. Um, but we never set time for our schedule for our family. And that should come first before anything else. Before you set your gym time, before you set your appoint, doctor's appointments, you need to set your time for your family. And that's one thing that I, um, I wasn't really good at scheduling. Um, it's just not something that I was ever really good at. And it's one thing that I've learned from all these different guys that I've interviewed is that they've taken the time to really schedule because if they didn't, it would get lost. They would yes. be so busy with their business or their companies or, you know, doing whatever they're doing that they wouldn't, they wouldn't be able to fit in time for their family. Yeah. So if it's on their schedule, I've had, I had one guy tell me if it's on my schedule, it's non-negotiable. That's, that's, that comes first. Yeah. And so everything is... else is scheduled around it. Right. It's kind of like the urgent versus the important mm-hmm. and what you value. Um, sometimes the urgent needs that are just right in front of you come before what's actually very important to you. And what you're saying is flip that. Put the important mm-hmm. things in first mm-hmm. in your schedule. And then those urgent things will, will, will fall in line. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's super important. I mean, if I didn't schedule time for my family, um, you know, it, I would be involved in other things. I just wouldn't just, I mean, as a basketball coach, I have to have a schedule. Yeah. I mean, we have yeah. schedules for our practices, for our games, you know, for different things. So, I mean, it's just naturally a natural thing for me, but it's just something I wasn't ever, I just never took it into consideration to put my family on the schedule. Yeah. You know, that's when a I great started doing the podcast. Away. Yeah. And it's, it's super important. So if you're not scheduling time for your family, put that on your schedule. My wife and I, we sit down every single Sunday night around seven o'clock and we go, what's on the schedule this week? And we go ahead and jot it in. And then once we have that figured out, then we go, okay, what do you have going on this week? What do I have going on this week? And then we get that scheduled out. Um, So we do that every Sunday night. So you get on the same page. Now I, I hadn't planned on talking to you about this, but I need to do it like basketball and life right? I'm sure that basketball in some ways is your life. Do you see any correlation between the sport, uh, any sport, but we'll say basketball, and the concentration, the dedication that it takes to be good at it, and the way that people need to live at life in order to be successful? Well, it's worth that work ethic. Uh, Anything that we do in our life, whether it's, um, you know, whether we just want to be an entrepreneur, or we just want to be a full-time dad, you have to have the work ethic to be able to do it. And uh, one of the things that we teach our players is that, listen, we're here at practice so many hours a week and we have our games so many hours a week, but outside of here, you need to continue to work on your craft, meaning basketball. So that, that could go with anything in life. Uh, doesn't matter what you're doing. You need to continuously work on your craft. You need to be continuously practicing and focusing on it um, in order to get better. 
And I think it's super important as dads, as dads, we need to learn how to be a better dad each day. What can I do different today than I did yesterday as a father? What can I do different today than I did yesterday as a husband? What can I do different today than I did yesterday as a business person um, or as a basketball coach? And that goes back to what we said. There's never a time when we should stop and just be like, well, it's all doomed. We're always growing. We're always changing. Mm -hmm. And we're always saying, what can we do better? And that's exactly what causes us to be uh, moving towards our best self as a father um, for you, as a mother for me, as a human, right? Yeah, (laughs) it's um, one thing that I do focus on every single day is what I call the next best version of myself. So what's the next best version of myself today? And that's, that's what I look at. Well, I think that that is a perfect call for our, uh, our, all the listeners. What I usually do is I give my listeners a solution-focused, inspired activity. Um, solution-focused is meaning we're not focusing on our problems. We're going to look towards our solutions in our life. And I feel like that's a really good thing, Brian, for you and I to, uh, to, to ask the listeners to do. And the next week, every day wake up and think, what? What do I need to do to be the next best version of myself? Well, I'm going to take it a step further. Okay. So you ready for this? I'm ready. Journal it. Every single morning, before you even get out of bed, have the journal on your little nightstand next to you. Before you even get out of bed, sit up and write down exactly what's on your mind and how are you going to get to that next best version of yourself for that day. And how is that going to how is that going to be the next step that will help them towards that goal? Uh, well, you're jotting it down. So you're writing it. So now, you, now you're taking it out of your mind and putting it on paper right. and proving that that's what you have to do. You're just you're getting that thought out and now you see it. Now you yeah. have the visual of it, right? You know, so that's the scientifically just... proven, right? right? The things that we take out of our brain then become real. Our mind says, right. all right, you mean business. You obviously right. mean business. You wrote it on this paper, right? Right. So it's 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 what they call the art, uh, uh, reticular activating system, yes. right? So it's your subconscious mind. So if you go out and buy a blue car today, let's say you go out and buy a brand new blue BMW because you don't see any blue BMWs around. But the first week you're driving around in your brand new blue BMW, you see all blue BMWs. Right. Well, that's your reticular activating system causing you to see those. They were all there before. Right. But now because you've actually got it in your possession, now you're starting to see it. It's the same thing with writing down your vision on your on your journal. Mm-hmm. Write down your vision for your next best version of yourself for that day. And you're seeing it. It will cause your reticular activating system to work and get you to actually accomplish it. Yeah. And I think we need to write that. I mean, that's that we can do that in one week and just see what a difference it makes. And I bet you many people will say, I need to do this ongoing because when we correct those minor little things in our mind, um, you know, I talk about having the focused mindset, which is really doing things on purpose rather than letting life happen to you. And this is a perfect um, thing for us to do is think about what is our next best version of ourselves and then write it down each morning and then review it and then fine tune it. And, you know, and 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 particularly in fatherhood, because that's what we're talking. This is father's day month and particularly in fatherhood. Yeah. And you don't have to, I mean, we're talking about, let's just say you get 1% better today than you were yesterday. 1%. 
if you do that every single day for the year, you're 352% better. I mean, <laughs> you know, so. I like it. You're a whole new human at that right. point. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> That's perfect. Well, I am so glad that we got to talk. This has been such an enriching conversation. And I, I know that for me, it's really enriched me as a parent. So thank you, Brian. I hope that many people head over to the Dad Up podcast and listen to the inspiring interviews that you have and the insight. And, um, and you know, we can share listeners. And who knows, maybe we'll be at a podcast convention one day. Yeah. And we'll, we'll meet all of each other's listen. We'll have a big party. Right. <laughs> well, listen, thank you very much for having me. Like I said, I was honored when you reached out. And I was super excited. So I'm, I'm, I, I enjoyed today. It was, it was really enjoyable. I really appreciate your, uh, uh, your having me on. Thank you. And where else can people find you besides the podcast? Yeah, so the, uh, obviously the podcast, but you can go to dataptribe.com. That's my um, that's my website. And then uh, obviously Instagram, which is Data Podcast. You can find me there. Um, I'm on Facebook under my name, but um, Instagram is the main source that I use. Um, so, yeah, the Instagram or the website. That's great. Well, yes, um, thank you for enriching our lives through your insight. And I'm sure we'll continue to stay in touch. And thank you very much. Absolutely. Thank you. What a great conversation with Brian Ward. And hop on over to the Data Podcast. You're going to love the interviews. You're going to get ongoing insight to help you strengthen your walk as a parent. And don't forget to check the show notes for helpful links. And let me draw your attention to something I'm going to give away to this week's listeners. We talked about journaling in this episode, and I've created a journal called Conversations That Empower Journal. And it is actually to go together with my mini course, Conversations That Empower, that helps families communicate in an effective manner with each other, with those around them, even with the education system when we're in meetings. It helps us instill positive conversation skills within us. And there's a companion journal that goes with that. And I'm going to give that to you guys free. So go down to the link below or go to thefocusedmindset.com slash journal. That's thefocusedmindset.com slash journal. And there you'll be able to sign up for your very own free journal with prompts. Each and every week, you're going to get prompts and a focus that will help you be a better communicator. I hope you take advantage of that. That is my hope, is that you guys grow to the type of individuals, not only parents, not only fathers and mothers, but people that you know that you're growing each and every day. It feels great to grow and stretch yourself to be the best person you can be. So if you want to learn more, go to my website, thefocusedmindset.com. And until next time, you guys, keep in touch and take care.